Thank you for streaming the audio messages of the Fountain Church. Well, um, this last week we did uh, an At the Movies Christmas edition. Now, if you've never heard of At the Movies before, At the Movies is where I'll take a modern day blockbuster. Uh, in this case, it was the movie Elf. I'll chop up the storyline, I'll videotape myself preaching, and I'll weave my preaching in and out of the story, and the whole service is on video. Now, we do this in July. We do four Sundays like this. It's just it's so much fun. We have popcorn and soda. You would think, like, we're, we're like, people walk in, and they're just blown away um, by at the movies. We have so much fun, but it's, it's really not just fun. There's always a biblical truth um, connected to it. Uh, but this last particular week, everything was going as normal videotaped everything during the week, and on Saturday nights, what I would do, or Saturdays, I would go over some of the fine details, just cross my T's, dot my I's, make sure the video was sound, and then I would render it Saturday night. Now, if you don't know what it means to render, it simply means to compress a video file into a format that's usable for a Sunday morning. That's what it means to render a film. And so I pressed render or save right before I went to bed, just like I normally do. Went to bed, slept so peacefully. Everything was perfect. Then I woke up, and it wasn't perfect because it didn't work. Mind you, it's Sunday, and I'm a pastor, and there's just, you know, we have some things that we do on Sundays. and uh, So I'm starting to freak out a little bit, but not too bad. I thought, no worries, I'm just going to render it again. And so I rendered it again, and... There was this little dial that popped up. Let me show you what it looks like. This little dial right here shows me the percentage of completion. And it starts at 1, and it goes to 100. So when I walked in that morning, it was just spinning from 1 to 100. Terrifying, scary. You never want to see something spinning on your computer when you don't want it to spin. Tracking with that. You guys alive? Okay. Um, So I render it again. It gets to 50% and then starts spinning. So now I'm getting a little bit nervous. I thought, no, this never happens before. I'm going to shut down the system. I'm going to reboot everything. And certainly it's going to work. So I I render it, and I think it's working. It gets to 99%. And I was walking around like I nailed it. And then it starts spinning again. And now we're we're about an hour and a half away from service time. So I'm panicking at this point. I'm thinking, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to preach because it's not working. This isn't working out. And so finally I do what we all do when we're in trouble. I cried out to God. That's what we do when we're in trouble, right? Cry out to God. Uh, they, they say that there's no such thing as an atheist on a falling plane. Uh, everybody's crying out to God. It was one of those moments. And so I'm crying out to God, God, what's wrong? I don't know what it is. And no joke, I sense the Holy Spirit speak to my heart. It's a soundtrack on one of your clips that's been encrypted, and it's not letting you render. And I thought, no way. There is no possible way that that's going to work. And so I I went, I, I deleted the corrupted file, and I replaced it with a healthy file. And I rendered it again. Now, I still have to wait 30 to 45 minutes for this thing to know if it's going to work. So in that time, stressed, trying to... Ask the Lord, what do you want me to speak? What do you want me to preach today? Little faith, right? And it gets to 99%. 99%. And I close my eyes because I don't want to open them. And the thing starts spinning again. I couldn't even look. And I opened my eyes and there was a video. And I was blown away. I was like, it worked. It worked. An instant relief. Instant relief. 
But see, before that, I just tried to render and render and render and render the same way, the same way, the same way. And all I got was a spinning pinwheel because I couldn't see the encryption. But once I saw the encryption, it was easy. Delete it and replace it with a healthy file. And one of the things I know to be true is that what we see, if you're taking notes, you can jot this down, that what we see has the potential to change the direction that we take. Isn't that true? That what we see has the potential to change the direction that we take. Now, this is true whether you're a follower of Jesus or you're not a follower of Jesus. We've all experienced this as we're coming up over the overpass, getting ready to jump onto the freeway, and we gaze off of the overpass onto the freeway and realize there's a ton of traffic. Hashtag 580 freeway on the Friday before Christmas. Horrible. We were stuck in traffic for two and a half hours coming back from San Francisco on Friday. It was brutal. But what do we do in those moments? We look over, we see the traffic, and immediately what we see changes the direction that we take, unless you're on your phone and distracted, right? If you're seeing the traffic, you're going to merge over into the other lane, and you're going to find a different route. Because what we see has the potential to change the direction that we take. And so I just have one question for us today. And the question is this, is what do you see this Christmas? If you're taking notes, you might want to jot that down. What do you see this Christmas? I think all of us, we see different things, don't we? Like many of us, the moment that, it's kind of crazy to see Christmas stuff during Halloween in October, isn't it? Like the, the retail just loves to, to rush that reality. But I think for some of us, as the Christmas season approaches, we see lights. Now let me show you a picture of one of my favorite places on the planet. This is Deacon Dave's in Livermore. If you've never been to Deacon Dave's, you got to pay him a visit um, because these are the most lights I've ever seen on one house in my life. But we see the decor, right? We, we smell the apple cinnamon in the air. We, we see the, the smiling faces on all the little kids, the, the expectation waiting, all of the, 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 the festivities, the candy, and just the decor. Sometimes just that's just what we see. We love that feeling. It's kind of nostalgic. You hear the Christmas music on 96.5, and you have it tuned in there for the entire season. Come on. Am I the only one that does that? Oh, some of you guys, you're just lying. You're, not, you're like, yeah, I do it, but I'm not telling. But is that all you see? You know, for others of us, uh, the Christmas season tends to bring a lot of stress. That's all we see is stress. The bills are always bigger than the budget. And probably one of the most tension points is we have to be with family. And some of the family that we love to be close to, and then some of the family that we love to love from a distance. And we all know that it's going down. We're all going to be in the same room, don't like their cooking. And it can be a stressful season, can't it? Maybe for you, you see the rush. You see everybody in the malls, and it's just Christmas just feels like a rush for you. And all you think about is the cooking and the cleaning and the food that you have to make and the presents that need to be wrapped and all of the details. Did you forget anybody? And it just feels so rushed and chaotic, not to mention your kids are off for two weeks. Like, what do I do with these kids for two weeks? And so you're just happy to survive the Christmas season. Like, if you make it through Christmas... You're giving God a high five, like, we made it. Woo! Right? But then, then for others of us, it's more of a home alone Christmas. 
where the Christmas season also brings Christmas sadness. Like maybe this is the first year that you're celebrating single. Maybe there was a breakup or a divorce. Maybe in, in this season, your family's together, but everybody's in turmoil. And there's so much tension, and you just know that, oh, we're going to have to face and deal with some of this stuff. Maybe it's a reminder, the fact that you don't have a lot of family. And it's just another vivid reminder that it's another season that you're going to spend alone. For some of us this year, we lost a loved one. And this is going to be our first Christmas without them. Ladies and gentlemen, this is real life. And maybe that's what you see. But is that all you see? And then for others of us, I think that we know what the Christmas season is about. There's really nothing wrong happening in our life today. We kind of know all the facts. We go through the routine of Christmas. Matter of fact, we got it nailed. We got the lights nailed. We got the cooking, the shopping. You already shopped like four months ago on Amazon. Presents are wrapped. Right? You got it. You got you bought yourself a trophy just so you can look at it and say, I'm awesome on Christmas, and I beat everybody. And you know all the facts. You know it's about Jesus, and, and you, have, you know all of the details. You know all of the facts, but that's all you see. You see the details. You see the facts. But is that all you see this Christmas? I'm hoping that today God would help us see Christmas a little bit more clearly. I'm hoping that today God would give us a greater perspective on the reality of what we're celebrating. And, and I'm hoping that, that, that heaven is going to be able to help us out a little bit. Because I think if we could see Christmas the way that heaven saw the first Christmas, we might rejoice the way heaven rejoiced. Let me say that again. If we could see Christmas the way heaven saw Christmas, we might rejoice the way heaven rejoiced. You know, as, as I think about this first Christmas, it's, it's really interesting. What did heaven see? Well, let me give you a little bit of context. It's interesting to me that these shepherds are out shepherding their sheep. It's an average night. The glory of God appears and the angel of the Lord shows up. How many know that's terrifying? I'm just trying to shepherd some sheep. It's dark. I'm, real, I'm in a calm state. And an angel of the Lord pops up, startles you. The glory of God exposes you. That's a rough night. And, uh, and so the angel of the Lord appears to shepherds to proclaim and announce the good news that Jesus was born. And the shepherds were terrified. And the angel picks up in Luke chapter 2. And look what the angel says. The angel says, and the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news. Everybody say good news. That will bring great joy. Everybody say great joy to all people. Ah, I didn't ask you. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Then he goes on to say, suddenly the angel was joined by a, fast, by a vast host of others. The armies of heaven. How many know when an army shows up? That's the night. Praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. So, so what did heaven see that caused them to praise like this? I think heaven saw an answer to our heart's cry. I think heaven saw an answer 
to our prayers. I think heaven saw the solution to the brokenness of humanity as a result of sin. I think heaven was seen from a whole different perspective that if we can just see what heaven saw, we might rejoice the way heaven rejoiced. Because nobody that night was celebrating like heaven. Everybody else was still trying to figure it out. What in the world is going on? Angels and, and, and shepherds, all these things were happening, but not heaven. Heaven knew exactly. Did heaven see? Well, for taking notes, you might want to jot this down. I believe that heaven saw the light of the world bringing life to the world. Come on, you should have amened on that point. I thought I, that heaven saw the light of the world bringing life to the world. You see, one of the things that if you don't know about God already is he loves to invade the darkness. He loves to invade it. Matter of fact, hey, it goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 1. Look what it says. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty. And darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. It was almost as if God's, God saw formless, he saw empty, and he saw darkness, and he saw opportunity. Empty formless and darkness, maybe that describes your current state. Like if you were to update your Facebook or your Instagram right now, maybe that's, if you were really honest, that's what it would, that's what you would update it to. I feel a little bit formless, a little bit empty, and there's some darkness. And God said, that's a great opportunity. I'm going to invade that. And God goes on to say one of the, the passages of Scripture that all of us know that they just jumped to even before I got to the punchline. And God said, let there be light. Let there be light. And there was light. You know, this just wasn't an aspect of God in the Old Testament. In fact, this reality of God invading darkness is woven throughout the entire narrative of Scripture from both Old Testament and New Testament. Jesus would come on the scene several thousand years later, and look what Jesus said in reality to why he came. Look what he said. He said, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. In other words, Jesus was saying, the whole reason why I came, it wasn't to just be this little kid that was born in a manger that we kind of gather around and tell a story about and open gifts to and eat some good food and some bad food around that time. Jesus says, man, all that is good. You should do that. You should have fun, enjoy, indulge, enjoy that. That's awesome, but that's not why I came. I came to invade the darkness. I came as a light to invade the dark. I came to bring light to your darkness. You know, as we look at the Christmas account, one of the accounts that we really don't look at is John's account. One of the things I love about John uh, is John kind of leaves out a lot of the details. He doesn't talk about shepherds. John doesn't talk about uh, angels appearing. John doesn't talk about a manger. John bypasses all the details and gets right to the significance of Christmas. And I think seeing Christmas through John's eyes and through the gospel of John is going to help us see a little bit more clearly what heaven saw that night, because if we can see what heaven saw, we might rejoice 
that we haven't rejoiced. Why? Because what we see has the potential to change the direction that we take. And so look what John, John chapter 1, John says it this way. In the beginning was the word, and he's speaking about Jesus right now. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. What John is saying in this moment is John is saying Jesus just didn't start existing when he was born in the manger. (laughs) No. John says he's always existed. He's been with God the Father since the beginning. In fact, through him, all things were made. Like you just don't show up and you're born and then you're God. So what John was saying was something that I really want you to lean into. John was was starting off this reality. John was helping us understand what heaven saw that night. And that was the infinite became an infant. The infinite became an infant. Why? John goes on to tell us. He says, in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You see, that first night, what did heaven see? Heaven saw the the infinite become an infant, but heaven did not see incompetence. Heaven did not even see fragility. A little baby. Heaven was rejoicing. Let me tell you, when, when an army is rejoicing, now I'm not a rocket science, and I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. But when an army is rejoicing, normally it's because there is a victory. And so the angels were like, oh my goodness, he became a baby. No, they saw the infinite become an infant, but they didn't see incompetence. They saw good news of great joy for all mankind. Why? Because they didn't see a baby. If you're taking notes, you might want to jot this down. They saw a savior. A savior. Now sometimes, even though we may know some facts around this reality, I think many of us are left in the dark to good news of great joy. Because we can easily get the story of Jesus mixed up with the story of Santa. You tracking with me on that? Let me explain. You ever heard that song? You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Don't worry, I'm going to keep my day job, people. And then he goes on to say, what does he say? He's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty or nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. Then Santa starts to get real creepy. It starts to go south at that point. You know when it says, he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're a... That's like homeland security. Like I'm okay with God seeing me like that, but not Santa. That's scary. And it goes, you know if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. And as silly as that is, many of us see 
the story of Santa as the story of Jesus. In fact, look what one kid wrote. Dear Santa, I've been good all year. Well, most of the time. At least some of the time. Never mind, I'll buy my own gifts. Because he knows he's not on that nice list. We just get these things mixed up. Like if you were to go to the mall today, and it's going to be packed. So for all you last-minute shoppers, it's going to be rough. How many of you guys know you, you really love to pray for parking spots during this time of year? I got a great one at the Livermore Outlets last night, and I knew at that moment that God is still in the business of miracles. Come on, you better shout. We need to praise God for like three seconds for that one. It's amazing. But if you were to go to the mall and ask somebody, how do you get to heaven? Nine times out of ten, you're going to get this answer. You just got to be a good person. You know, you just got to live a good life. And I get it. I understand the thinking behind that. Except for the Christmas story challenges that thinking to the ump degree. See, one of the things that we probably don't like so much about the Christmas story is that the Christmas story puts us on blast. If you don't know what on blast means... That means that the Christmas story exposes all of us to this vivid reality that none of us could always stay on the nice list. That in our own strength, we don't have the power to stay on that list. It exposes that you and I, as a result of sin, are in need of a Savior. Now let me explain. This is why the virgin birth was so crucial and important. It wasn't because God just wanted to do something cool. It was because Jesus was born sinless. He was perfect. He kept that nice list all the way through his life. Never broke it one time. Jesus lived the life we should have lived. And he died the death we should have died. In other words, he took our place. It's You know, Christianity is the only religion on the planet where... God comes to us. Every other religion on the planet says, you better try to stay on that nice list, then maybe God will like you. God said, you guys don't stand a chance. I'm coming down. Because you and I, listen, you know you and I know me, and we know we're not always on that nice list. Now, compared to Johnny, maybe. Compared to your brother, maybe. You know, your spouse, mm. But when we compare our life to God's standard, all of us fall short. That's the beauty of the gospel message. That's why it's good news of great joy. It's not good news unless you understand the bad news. The bad news is, is God says you're never going to make it on your own. You can't have a righteousness that will work for you. That's why Jesus came. We were in need of a Savior. He lived the life we should have lived, died the death we should have died, rose again on the third day in the same spirit and power that rose Jesus from the dead is now at work in us, those who believe. That's powerful. You see, religion does something that we're not about religion at Fountain Church. Religion tries to change you from the outside in, right? Maybe you're struggling with hurts, habits, hang-ups. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe um, it's an anger issue. Maybe it's pride. Maybe you're, you're wrestling through some of those things, and you're trying to fix them. You keep trying to render and render and render, but your life just keeps spinning out of control, and you don't know why it's not working. See, we don't have the ability um, to fix that. We don't have the ability to save our lives. 
That's why God came. And listen, you and I both know that because we know us. I'm not saying if you're type A and you're on point, that is awesome. But you can still be on point and formless and empty. So true. And the beauty of the gospel is that God knew that we could never make it on our own. You say, that sounds like a crutch. Absolutely. Because it's the reality that the encryption of sin on our hearts, it has to be deleted and another file has to be replaced in order for life to work. See, a lot of times we think about a savior, we think about in church, and this is pretty popular in church today. And let me tell you, Jesus is for your marriage. He wants to give you a better marriage. Jesus is for your finances. He can help you steward your finances wisely. All those things are good, but Jesus didn't die so you could have a better marriage or, or so that, you know, you could get married or so that Jesus died to deal with the root issue that affects all those other issues, that if that root issue is deleted and replaced with the proper file, the transformation comes not from the outside, but from the inside. That's the difference between religion and relationship. That's just a freebie for today. But what Jesus says is, listen, as a result of that, all of us, we just know. We've done stuff that we've regret. We know we don't make the list all the time. Some of us have said some things we regret this morning in the parking lot. And God knows. And that's why he sent his son. That's why the savior of the world, that if we would put our trust in his work, in his perfection, in what he did on the cross through the death and resurrection, in that place, the light of the world becomes life. In your world and everything radically changes you see maybe you're you're here today and you're like man how does this all work I love what first John says first John says it like this if we claim to have no sin we're only fooling ourselves like we know and not living in the truth but this look at the beauty of of the good news of Jesus but if we confess our sins to him he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You want to know the difference between a follower of Jesus and a non-follower of Jesus? As a follower of Jesus, you're going to sin, you're going to blow it, you're going to make mistakes. You're not going to be on the nice list all the time. And if you're not following Jesus, you're going to do the same. The difference is as a follower of Jesus, I don't have to carry the weight of that anymore. Like I have a Savior that I can go to that's, that's, that's can cleanse me. From all wickedness and not as an excuse so I can sin and ask his forgiveness. When you experience the grace of God, you don't want to sin anymore because you love him. Because you realize that he is enough, that he truly is all that you need. Maybe you're here today and, and you're, you're a follower of Jesus and you know everything that I'm saying is true. But you've lost your joy. And you're just trying to figure this out know all this, but you've been walking through some darkness, you've been suffering through some pain, you've been trying to render things that just don't seem to be working out, trying to figure it out, and you've gotten your eyes off of the light of the world onto the darkness of the world, and remember, what we see has the potential to change the direction that we take, and, and I really felt the Lord speak to me this, and I want to lean in here just for a minute, we're going to wrap up. But I felt like the Lord want me to lean into this particular moment because at the same way that I look at my daughters when they're distracted by something, 
is really what I believe God is, is calling us to today. You see, as, when we were taking a walk during Halloween, we were walking down the street, and there's this big, like, ugly decoration in the front yard. It looked really cool, but it was horrific, right? And, and my youngest daughter was terrified, took on a walk, traumatized her for life. <laughs> and she just could not get her eyes off of it. I said, Abigail, look at Daddy. Abigail, look at Daddy. Finally, I had to go over to her head and say, baby, look at Daddy. And as she looked at me, as you could see, like, she kind of snapped out of it. But sometimes we get so locked on the darkness, and, and our father is saying, listen, no, 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 you need to look at me again. Listen, you need to put your gaze over here one more time. Fix your focus. Because what you see has the potential to change the direction that you take. And it's almost as if a father looking down and saying, my son, my daughter, look at me. Look, I got you. I'm here. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus and you're hearing this for the first time, oh, this is great news. See, maybe you thought with God, you just gonna we're gonna spend your whole life trying to earn your earn his approval by trying to stay on the nice list. Jesus said, You can't do it. I knew it. That's why I came. But rather, because of Christ and his sacrifice, we can live from a place of freedom. We can live from a place of already having God's approval, not because we're awesome, but because he's awesome. And that radically changes the way you live. Not because you have to, but because you want to. That's good news of great joy. You say, well, how does this work? How does this play out practically? Let me show you a picture. 1998. Come on. 1998. I had just gotten saved. Just trusted Jesus for the first time. I don't have time to go into the entire story. But I had just gotten saved. Don't judge the red cup. There was apple juice. All right? Know what some of you guys are thinking. I'll never forget this moment. I was invited to a church service by my mom, late December, headed into the Christmas season. Didn't want to be there. I was there reluctantly. I just went to appease my mom, like many of you have today. It's awesome. <laughs> and my life changed that day. I don't have time to get into the details of the story, but let me just tell you this. There was a little older woman sitting in the back of the church. And at this time, I'm living in complete darkness. I'm a thugged out kid. I thought I was like the coolest thing since sliced bread. I don't even know if sliced bread was cool, but it, it kind of works. I, I had a gold chain with a gun around my neck. Like I just, that's, that was my world, darkness. Some of my friends had just recently within those last couple of years of, within the couple of years of this moment, um, had, were, were murdered and killed and just trying to figure this all out. And I, I, I've resisted for so long. My mom would bring me to church my entire life, and I just knew the facts, but I was still empty and formless. Darkness existed. And on this particular occasion, when you're living in great darkness, the smallest of light shines so bright. But this woman, it was as if the light of the world was radiating, was radiating through her in that particular moment. You could tell that it was, the joy was so tangible. I didn't even know her. I hadn't even spoken to her. I just glanced across the room. And I walked up to her. I didn't really have good etiquette at the time. And I said, excuse me, lady. 
I don't know what you have, but that's what I want. She looked at me like, oh, baby. And she said something that really clicked this week. She said, young man, are you willing to let Jesus be Lord of your life? See, I always got the Savior part. <laughs> I cried out to God so many times when I was in trouble. That was just our relationship. Just when I'm in trouble, I cry out. I got the whole angel's announcement of the Savior was born, but I, I missed that Christ the Lord part. Like, we love the Savior, but it's the Lord part that's kind of hard, right? <laughs> to be Lord of my life. And she said, are you willing to let Jesus be Lord over your life? And it was like, it was like a movie, my life kind of flashing. I was so depressed. I looked good on the outside, but I was dying on the inside. And I just wanted that joy. I wanted that light to invade my darkness. It's interesting that word let. You ever look up the word let in the dictionary? It means to permit access, to give access to, permission granted, permission to enter. And I said, yes, in my life, has never been the same. God is, listen, it hasn't been a perfect life. It wasn't a rose garden. It hasn't been a rose garden. Oh, but it's been the most glorious, fulfilling That's what I was missing. God with me, the hope of glory. So I think the only response today, whether you're a follower of Jesus or you're not a follower of Jesus, the only proper response to this message today is for us to go back and do what God said in the very beginning. If you track with me in Genesis, let there be light. Give God permission to enter your darkness. Invite him into the dark areas of your life. Let there be light. You know, it's amazing how much a little light can do in a dark place. In just a couple of minutes, this whole room is gonna be lit up. I'm gonna light a candle, and then I'm gonna light a couple candles up here, and you guys are gonna Light those candles down your row as you serve one another. But listen to me. That can only happen if you let there be light.